We're really pleased to be able to, to uh, welcome, as I said, the, the uh, Cambridge Charles Wallace Visiting Fellow, um, Susu, who is a faculty member at Mandalay Technological University, uh, who did her degree at Yangon Technological University. Um, she's certainly no stranger to uh, the kind of heritage uh, uh, community and heritage preservation community here in the UK and in Europe, having done a postdoc uh, in Vienna as well. She's been instrumental in various movements and campaigns to have various Myanmar sites uh, named as heritage sites uh, and protected. Uh, she's turning her attention kind of in recent days uh, and, and months to the protection of Shwedegon Pagoda uh, in Yangon, but also is going to talk to us today generally about um, the nature of, of Yangon and not just its architecture and physical space, but the way in which that uh, kind of engages with its, its social space as well. So we will just to let you know what we do is we'll record uh, the talk for a podcast, but then I'll turn that off for the question and answer and discussion so we can have an open discussion on that. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Susu. introduction also uh, inviting me here for the talk um, uh, as you know uh, already um, uh, introduced uh, some people uh, in the room already have known me before working um, together me with on a project like Mr. Donald Henke we met uh, some people of Eling uh, in Yangon and Florence uh, but uh, some of you are not very familiar with me uh, yet. Uh, I work on a few World Heritage Nomination project and currently working on Bagan. And uh, my desire is uh, to uh, look at uh, something, uh, requirements, some requirements uh, we need for urban sites to no nominate, um, especially for Myanmar urban sites. Uh, so I'm here with this uh, intention uh, to look at urban sites here and especially uh, potential World Heritage site uh, should go. Um, I based at Mandalay Technological University uh, at the Department of Architecture. <coughs> I'm uh, very privileged to be here in Oxford uh, to talk about Yangon because it's the university that our state councillor Doha San Suji attended and spent uh, most of her uh, lifetime here and it's uh, really a happy time for me to be here and talk about Yangon. And how unique uh, downtown Yangon is. Um, Mr. Donald Enki and Henki and we together in 2015 explored a lot uh, to, together in downtown Yangon together with Jun as well um, to know more about uh, the ADB project. Uh, but uh, actually I work on it uh, for my PhD uh, thesis in Yangon. Um, I was born in uh, downtown Yangon. Uh, and my uh, high school is also in downtown, and my father's uh, old office also. So my childhood memories all are, are very well connected with the spaces and places here uh, in downtown Yangon. And um, when I was at the immigration department, uh, the officer asked uh, the reason why I am here for, and I answered that I came here for our uh, shared heritage and uh, landmark of Yangon, uh, the Street of Omnipoda. <laughs> and he uh, suddenly passed me in. <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, because um, in, uh, as all of you have known, the Yangon was founded uh, and planned uh, during the British colonial time, and the places and spaces uh, at, uh, there 
uh, are nested with our own, uh, our common creations and memories at that time. And um, it was uh, not exactly the same as in England that they built there. Uh, it was not the way that we used to build in Myanmar and Yangon as well. So it's a kind of fusion and it's a, a kind of a cultural mix. Uh, and it's something significant, something unique was happened there. And it's really interesting to look back in. And there are, there are several layers afterwards, or also there are several layers uh, before, uh, formed, um, uh, formed after the Brit before the British time as well. Uh, it was an only city in Asia with its historical, largely intact, where to be pointed out, it would be Yangon. Because, uh, because it's because just because of the years of isolation of 50 years, um, where uh, most of the Southeast Asian nations are not so much aware about uh, the historic preservation, and they did many developments. But we were in a very slow and uh, close uh, space, probably. Uh, but it uh, also brought us some, some opportunity or left uh, some patterns to be uh, able to see until now. And the uniqueness of downtown Yangon came, comes from its long history, which has left it with very distinct, diverse, uh, cultural, uh, not only cultural, it's also natural and physical characteristics. Because uh, there are also some heritage trees, not only buildings, and spaces and places in downtown Yangon. Um, actually, the Gong village, uh, according to the records, has existed as a small village. Um, it's uh, in a low-lying, often waterlogged air land south of Changlagun border, uh, which is uh, here uh, in this, uh, at the place of Sumi Bagoder, uh, since 11th century AD. Um, and in 1755, the marking Alang Pia upgraded the Gong into a new town and renamed it into Yangon. And this is the place, uh, according to B.R. <coughs> Pan, um, the place uh, colored red, more or less. It's approximately that area. And the town plan of new colonial capital of Yangon, um, in 18, which was endorsed in 1853, uh, was uh, actually um, starts from the Lamador Road. It's colored in blue color here. Uh, starts from Lamador Road. Um, <coughs> Uh, it's a starting point and nevertheless adopted the Sule Pagoda uh, as an uh, island here uh, in the center. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. And um, so that the town was moved westwards uh, uh, compared to the Lampia Yangon. And the Sule Pagoda road is uh, 200 feet wide, and the other north south roads are 100 feet wide, with uh, in between there are 50, 50 feet and 30 feet wide roads. And also there is east-west uh, east uh, 100 feet wide roads and forming a checkpoint pattern. The essence of the planning pattern at that time is a well-planned center with the most important administrative, uh, important administrative buildings uh, near the Sule border and a little bit south um, of the, uh, the area of um, Alang Piai Yangon and um, some commercial and social buildings surrounded them around that area and more or less um, mixed residential and ethnic buildings further to the east, west and north. 
Um, uh, this is the map that I drew for my PhD dissertation in 2005. It is just before the capital moved to Nebidor. And this is the land use map I record uh, at that time. And you can see many, the blue color is government, semi-government, and public offices, uh, the administrative functions. And I, uh, we recognized at that time <coughs> that the land use pattern would change uh, over time. Uh, but it not suddenly changed because many of the offices left their branch office in Yangon. So it's uh, more or less, not uh, dramatically, but it changed mm -hmm. from time to time. Now some of the buildings already changed to some commercial uh, facilities. Uh, but what we need in downtown Yangon or lacking is uh, social, cultural amenities. And we are, uh, there are room for that as well. And we really need to plan properly uh, the facilities we need to be in downtown because it's still the dynamic economic hub of the country, not even the city, it's still the country. Um, so uh, it's the historical, uh, largely intact, um, the pattern uh, that the British uh, formed in 1853, the, the blocks pattern, um, the north-south strips. It was intentionally uh, planned at that time as a heart uh, because um, to allow the, the wind from the south to come in to the city, it's the blocks are not in the east-west direction, the blocks are in north-south direction. It allows the, uh, the wind from the south to come in, and also it gives uh, sunlight to the, the, the residential apartments uh, once in a, day, a time, once in a daytime. So some get uh, morning sun, some get afternoon sun, if we keep the height limit. Uh, now, um, the landscape is changing dramatically, some are building uh, a bit higher, but the concept is, but we um, feel that we would keep that pattern and we would not allow block-wise development, uh, especially for the middle area, so that we keep the historic pattern. The, the streets itself, the streets and squares itself, is also a historic character for us. Um, Yangon has thousands of historic properties that date back before 1950, and it shows that the city is the home for the highest number of colonial period buildings in Southeast Asia. And of course, 70% of them are uh, shop houses, and not are all the very uh, grand public buildings. But it's also a unique character. Well, we don't have many shop houses left in Southeast Asia, right? But we have majority in shop houses left. Uh, so it's also a special character of, of downtown Yangon. Um, and Yangon downtown expresses a rich diversity of architectural styles, decoration, and cultural influences. As I said, it's always uh, the economic administrative hub of the uh, country uh, since to, uh, till 2005, and then afterwards it's still the economic hub. Uh, so there are several layers added in, um, <coughs> even after the British period, and um, of course some are good architecture, but probably most of them are not yet, uh, but still we can see the mix. And land ownership and the design of individual buildings reflect the diverse cultural influences and origins of people participating in the international influence of Yangon downtown. 
we have uh, we did have Jewish communities and still have we, we still have Jewish synagogue uh, in downtown that there we can see um, a stupor type uh, building uh, with a building with a stupor on the top uh, and it's actually um, uh, uh, big uh, the Mahal, biggest the Mahal of downtown Yangon, uh, Buddhist the Mahal. So uh, everything together, uh, sit by uh, side by side uh, peacefully. In some blocks, the, the historic streetscape is very largely intact, uh, containing prime heritage on the perimeter, especially uh, the blocks um, uh, in the in the southeast of the, the Sule Pagoda. Um, because the area was originally the industrial and warehousing support to the historic dock and uh, area on the strong road waterfront. Because um, you can see several warehouses uh, in, in between um, and the perimeter, they're very grand uh, heritage uh, buildings on the Strand, on Tansodan, on Boangjou, and also um, yeah, on, on Machen Road. Uh, but uh, uh, we uh, found together as this area has very high potential for rehabilitation, uh, but we need to find out to what, which uh, extent, to what extent we would allow the intervention. Uh, it's a very, and what land use that we would want um, to maintain uh, the uniqueness of uh, downtown and the, um, the land use type. And some of the downtown streets, for example, Sribonda Street, um, at the heart of the Yangon's Indian Quarter, are the most beautiful boulevards lined with uh, ancient and religious trees. Uh, these, uh, it's a very rare <coughs> in downtown that we have trees in uh, on, on the street as a boulevards. Um, but the, uh, what is more interesting, I will show you afterwards, uh, is that uh, these uh, trees, at the base of them, are um, several uh, religious um, um, kind of beliefs uh, uh, and um, offerings and statues and, and uh, various kinds like Hindu and also Buddhist. And very interestingly, at the end of the street, there is a mosque. So that cultural mix, uh, it's very special ingredient of the downtown. And uh, this is in Chinatown, in Yangon downtown, it's a, it's a place for a diverse living community. And I was uh, looking at that building, and an old Chinese man was uh, telling me about uh, a lot the history of that building. It's a, a, a place for important shoemakers, um, or they call uh, shoemakers temple. And, um, uh, and uh, the next room, is uh, for another uh, different type of clan house, and another, another uh, these four, four have four different types of uh, clan house or temples, uh, Chinese uh, Chinese temples, and he explained me uh, how was the historically importance of of that shoemaker's temple for the uh, Chinese communities or even for the downtown Yangon. It was gone probably in late uh, 1960s, but. Uh, uh, still the memory is there, there's still some people there recalling <coughs> memories. So we can see, uh, if we have Chinese, but in, uh, even in Chinese there are diverse uh, um, uh, communities of Chinese. Um, and also we have churches, uh, Christian churches, but uh, we have 
uh, Catholic, uh, Baptist, uh, um, or several uh, different um, uh, Anglican, uh, all types of, uh, all uh, are there. Uh, religious sites uh, reflect, really reflect the, this diversity. It shows uh, how different communities stayed there. Um, these are the pictures taken a few days before I left Yangon. <laughs> and um, there's a synagogue, uh, several Buddhist uh, monasteries. Um, I couldn't include uh, all of them even uh, because there is a big monastic complex called the Yejo complex in more or less at the edge of downtown, the Sule Bagodor, and several Chinese temples. I only can include <coughs> one. Um, and several Hindu temples and Jewish uh, synagogue and several uh, mosques and churches and Armenian church of, of, and, uh, is also exists there and Jain temple. So how diverse it is uh, in a way that the community were there. Um, and residents of different income levels go side by side. So these two residential buildings are at the edge of the uh, um, road, uh, adjacent to Secretariat, facing Secretariat, Abraham and Surati buildings. Uh, maybe at that, that time, I'm not an historian, but uh, it, it, I saw it um, and thought like maybe at that time, um, different people of different income might stay there, might have been uh, lived there. And until now, um, one building has very small rooms inside, and the other had wider and, and more luxury uh, apartment. So these two stay side by side, and they're different kind of, uh, of a level of income people staying there, the side by side. Oh, it, yeah, this is only one example, but yeah, several of it. Uh, in Chinatown, we have gold shops, and we have night bazaar um, in, in front of the gold shops. Um, they are very lively, very dynamic. Um, then, uh, the essence of it is the essence of cultural, social, and economic segregation makes downtown Yangon very special and should be that is the one that we should safeguard it. Because if you, we uh, conserve too much, and if we try to change the environment too much, that essence can be lost. Because the, this, uh, again, back to the, the street, um, the Bolivar street that I, I, I shown, um, and um, some of the, uh, as I said, uh, some of the religious um, trees have uh, um, images, but, but very close to uh, mosses. And um, at that uh, base of that trees, uh, the, the community people are sitting peacefully. Um, and that's really a miss. Uh, uh, people coexist each other peacefully in diversity, in harmony. <coughs> so this is the essence of downtown Yangon. And we can clearly see that uh, there is it, uh, there is a, a planning and in a different, a slightly different way to um, fill the diverse atmosphere as well. Some blocks are typical residential commercial areas with some significant properties dating back to 100 and 150 years uh, with many merchant mansions. 
uh, institutional buildings and bank buildings alongside the wider main roads. Uh, but uh, some streets, um, they are most famous uh, prime historic residential locations, it seems like that. <coughs> And that this can be witnessed from the architecturally uh, quite more significant and friendly mansions in you know, a slightly wider streets. Um, but there are also narrower uh, streets in a, uh, a typical residential streets. Of course, shop houses are at the uh, ground floor, but in some inside some blocks, uh, they are giving that uh, when we go in, give. Um, experience of identity changes when we move freely from uh, one street to another. So there is, of course, uh, identity changes that we can and feel as well. So um, how we could uh, safeguard uh, downtown Yangon? Um, there's uh, really a big challenge for us. Um, because uh, with, uh, with development pressure, uh, Yangon downtown probably needs to reinvent itself and capitalize on its assets, uh, unique heritage and identity to emerge uh, as a destination to live, walk, and play by all uh, citizens uh, staying there. Uh, of course, many people are staying there and um, commuting, citizens commuting there uh, by we need, definitely need to upgrade infrastructure and improve the living conditions and maintain the residential function because if we can't uh, maintain the residential function, it would probably become an urban destination, like a tourist uh, destination. Uh, maintain the livelihood community and keeping the historic identity, a unique character, or everything, uh, even the streetscape. And so we need, uh, um, otherwise, uh, uh, we need a way how, so how can people get a positive return without knocking down the historic buildings. Uh, but we uh, recently uh, had a, a project, an ADB project, we work on it, and it's a PSF, but we found that, um, yeah, Yangon downtown attracts a variety <coughs> of visitors, investors, uh, with uh, evidence of recent uh, investment, we can see that in rehabilitation of historic properties like this one at the end of uh, that boulevard. Uh, and Yangon uh, people, uh, local people are interested in tenants, uh, developers, and construction companies. Uh, so there is a demand, but how um, will we uh, keep on moving? Um, yet, uh, but for the probably for the larger side properties like uh, uh, Secretariat that once I show, uh, we probably wish uh, to see more uh, social cultural amenities there because it's a prime location. Not only uh, as a location, it's also a place where uh, General Aung San was assassinated, and it's really hard. Uh, uh, to for for people to get into enjoy the spaces uh, if we haven't properly created as a museum, but we cannot uh, survive only creating museum for the whole building. So what are the uses that call falls for that kind of building? We have assets. We have very valuable historic assets. But how will we uh, interpret it? How will we make use of it? How will we make 
use of it for more livable, more sustainable uh, downtown Gangwon, uh, making sure that its uniqueness doesn't block, doesn't uh, lose. Um, but uh, as I said, um, the authenticity and integrity uh, has compromised to some extent because of the very high development pressure that you can see it's, uh, his, it's an economic hub of the country. Uh, it's lost in a way like form and shape in, in, in some places, uh, color and texture and material uh, and construction method probably in some other places. Uh, but it's still true in the sense like uh, the spirit and feeling, it's still there. Because it's still there, it's not something that, um, it still belongs to Yangon people, it still belongs to the area, it still belongs to, uh, it still shows the, the character that it's a shared heritage. It's totally belong to the local context, uh, but with other influences. Um, totally responds to the local context, context but already, although the, uh, the area has uh, other influences. So it uh, still reflects the UNESCO World Heritage Convention Operational Guidelines saying that the respect due to all cultures requires that cultural heritage must be considered and judged primarily within the cultural context to which it belongs. So th there would not be the same way exactly as you are here in England, but probably not, probably, um, uh, not exactly the same. But I hope that um, you are here uh, can feel uh, more or less, apart from us, you can feel the shared heritage, uh, the essence of the heritage probably more than other colleagues uh, from the other parts of the world because it's also the history belongs to you somehow. So thank you very much.